healthcare system is broken, but it doesn't have to be. This is Revenue Cycle Optimized by Infinix Healthcare. We discuss the latest challenges in the revenue cycle space and provide actionable tips on how to overcome them at your organization. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Office Hours. Great to have you here with us today. Our guest today is Laura Prada. She is the Director of Customer Success at Infinix. Welcome. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. And Laura, you know, for some reason, I keep putting an R in your name. It's Prada, not Prada. I apologize. I wish it was Prada, but no. You <laughs> <laughs> know, I know I'm with you on that one. I know. For someone with a last name with 13 letters, you'd think that I'd get other people's last names correct. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Oh, but anyway, thank you so much. We're going to talk about three ways to use patient scheduling to improve point of service revenue, all of which are very important. So I guess we start by, you know, let's set the landscape and say that all physician practices need revenue, obviously, and there are obvious sources. Yep. But I think that there are steps that offices may not know about to extract revenue. And a lot of that is woven deep into processes that should be handled during patient scheduling. So if patient scheduling is done correctly, then it would follow suit that you have an opportunity to get more revenue. So uh, that's what we want to talk about today. Yeah. So let's begin, identify for us, what are the processes? What are the revenue generating practices that a provider can hardwire into their system as part of patient scheduling? Well, there's actually several revenue optimization strategies that you know providers can take. One, and most importantly, is obviously the patients, right? Patients don't like to wait. They don't like to leave voicemails. They don't want to wait for a return phone call. They want to they want a real-time person answering. They want someone to answer your phone. They want a way to self-schedule either by booking online or from an app. So it's really important that your practice is fully staffed to answer those phones or have some type of centralized call centers, right, to get those patients scheduled immediately. It's been said that one in five patients switch providers due to long wait times. You know, they, they're eager to get seen, especially if they're not feeling well. You know, they, have, they feel they have a broken ankle or something like that. They want to get seen as soon as possible and not have to wait hours or, you know, wait for phone calls to be returned. You know, another thing is making sure that patients understand what to expect when they arrive for their appointments. You know, how much it's going to cost them, what they're expected to pay, their co-pays, their deductibles. What do they need to bring? You know, do they have to have any lab work done prior to? Or are there any exams that need to be done prior to these appointments? You know, the last thing you want to do is have a patient come in and then you have to send them away and reschedule. You know, another another way that you can help generate some of these revenue, the revenue point of service collections is collecting the co-pays and deductibles during the pre-registration process, right? When you're pre-regging these patients, you know, you're updating the personal, their personal information, their demographics, you're verifying their insurance details. You're making sure that that prior authorization was complete prior to them being seen or it's in the works at least. So if you're scheduling two to three days out, you can expect that your prior authorization will be done prior to then. You know, by collecting the co-pays or deductibles prior to them coming in or at the time of service, patients are three times more likely to pay versus after, right? So this is going to help reduce bad debts as well as costs to collect. So, you know, th those are easy ways, you know, just getting, you know, when you're, when you're booking them or you're scheduling, and if you have the information prior to letting them know over the phone, hey, this is what you're going to be expected to pay, give them those patient pay estimates, giving them the ability to pay online, if you have some online pay portals, or if they can, if you can collect the, collect the information over the phone as well, that works. You just want to make sure you have multiple ways that a patient can actually pay prior to and informing them. 
you want to be able to offer them those flexible payment terms, financing, you know, if they need financial assistance, being able to offer that prior to versus at the time of service and they come in again and like, I can't pay for this. And, you know, sometimes that they'll just reschedule or not come back. So, you know, those are some of the main ones. Um, I definitely think that the pre-registration process is really important, you know, collecting those co-pays. It also gives you an opportunity to collect if they have patients have balances, you know, or unresolved aging AR, you know, offering them those payment plans. It's just another touch point that obviously you don't want it to go to bad debt because then you have to pay. It just costs you more, right? Your staff has to follow up. You're sending those those bills to them. You have to do follow up. Then, you know, it goes into a write-off eventually. And then the last thing I'd recommend is obviously doing those automated appointment reminders. Those are important. There's several technology systems out there that will help send the text reminders, the email reminders, or even if you have staff available, just calling them, just reminding them, hey, your appointment's tomorrow. If you need to cancel, reschedule, please do so now. So those are some, some easy ones that you can implement to help optimize your, your um, revenue strategy. I really like what you said about reminding patients what they need to bring with them. I wonder how often that's overlooked because we all know about go online, download your forms, but I can't tell you mm-hmm. the last time said to me, when you come to the office, bring ABC. I think that's a, that's a very important point. Yeah. Especially because I mean, last thing you want to have is a patient come in and they didn't finish all that prior to, and they have to have this lab work done before this test is done or whatever. I mean, that's just an angry patient and that's just a little, I mean, revenue walking out the door. An angry patient equals revenue walking out the door. That's <laughs> yes, exactly. Day. <laughs> Absolutely. So we know a lot of this should be should take place before the patient walks into the office, which is what you just covered. And so the only thing that should be happening at that office window is collecting the documentation and collecting the copay. But what mm-hmm. does it take for a physician's office to make this happen? Is it technology? Is it technology plus people? Is it people? What are the resources they need to bring to bear on this? It's definitely both. I mean, technology is a given. There's so many different platforms out there that's going to help you generate those real-time automated eligibility and benefit verifications. I mean, that's the first thing you want to make sure, you know, who their payers and make sure that you have the right insurance information, obtaining what their co-pays, their deductibles, out-of-pockets, all that information prior to and the patient pay estimations. As long as those vendors have your fee schedules, those can be automated, you know, and just it's calculated and you can send those directly to the patient. So tech definitely helps with that. Making sure that your prior authorization is approved prior to their appointment to the data service and making sure that the effective dates are within where the appointment falls under. This is going to reduce the risk of denials and revenue loss. Obtaining the prior authorization, so that's kind of an audit, like a technology plus a services approach. Payers obviously aren't going to make it really easy for you to get those approvals. So, you know, you can automate as much as you can. And then with those exception handling, that's where people come into play. So if they need to do the faxing or phone calls and wait on the phones, you know, for two to three hours with those payers, checking web portals, that's where the people come into play. So, you know, those, those, and then by obtaining the prior authorization prior to the appointment is also going to help with the revenue because it's, it's going to increase the likelihood that the payer is actually going to reimburse you, you know, versus after the fax, one, getting a denial. Or two, you know, if you do get a denial and you have the prior authorization, you can appeal it and most likely you'll get your money. So those are super important. Another way is, you know, just making sure that you have enough staff. So this comes to the people, you know, you want to make sure that you're, you're fully staffed. And by 
having technology is going to help reduce some of those mundane administrative tasks that your current staff has to do. So uh, by implementing some software, it's definitely going to help bring in revenue across the board. So you had mentioned payers aren't going to make this easy. Is is that yeah. one of the pain mm-hmm. points where technology really helps to make sure that, you know, good data in means hopefully good reimbursement out? Yes, absolutely. Technology also is going to reduce the manual errors, right? Because if everyone who does data entry, there's always a risk for transposing some numbers or some letters or whatever, but the less amount of manual data entry that you have to do is going to also help, you know, making sure that everything is done seamlessly. And if you just, by using technology, there's a lot of software platforms that can do the bi-directional data that can feed back and forth. So that's going to help dramatically because if you end up getting denied because of your own fault, you know, someone at your staff or, you know, whatever happened, someone didn't submit the clinicals or there's a lot of things that could fall through the cracks. That's a loss of revenue as well. So the more tech, obviously less, less mistakes or, you know, issues on, on, on the manual side. Yeah. And with staff changing, we know that there is, you know, industry-wide, there's a staff shortage, but obviously that's the result of staff leaving and a lot of staff are taking institutional knowledge and experience with them, right? So the opportunity Mm -hmm. for things to fall through the cracks, those gaps are just getting wider and wider. Oh, yep. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So let's go through these revenue items separately. Eligibility, verification, benefit checks, prior authorization. I know we can't probably do a deep dive, but I think for the people who are attending today, Let's identify whether specialized staff is needed or technology or technology plus staff as we just started to do. So so let's do three things. Do we need staff or technology? When is it conducted in the patient scheduling journey? And how can staff know it's been done successfully? So for example, eligibility verification. Technology, Mm -hmm. when and how do we know if it's done successfully? A lot of eligibility and benefits is done through technology these days. I mean, it's some, you know, depending on, depending if you, you know, a patient's being seen for five different procedures, and obviously it might not, you can't do it all. You might have to call a payer. You may have to check on a web portal. But for the most part, all eligibility and benefits, at least, you know, 60 to 80% should be automated where you don't need to actually have a person call. Some of the smaller payers obviously don't have the same type of web portal system set up where you can't get that information, so you might have to call. But for the larger ones, for the most part, it can all be done electronically, so there's no reason why your staff um, would actually have to do that touch point. There's a small percentage, but for the most part, all electronically. And then when should they do it, if we connect this with patient scheduling, at what point are they doing the eligibility verification to, to optimize it? Right. So eligibility and benefits, same thing with prior authorization should be done as soon as the order comes through. Right. So it depends on each office, some schedule, like for the non-emergency ones, you can schedule three days out, assuming that you can get that x-ray or the ultrasound procedure, verify the benefits and get the prior authorizations within two to three days max. Right. So it's safe to say you could go ahead and schedule those without the authorization, but then just making sure that it's it's complete prior to them coming in. That's key. Obviously, you don't want to do a procedure without having the authorizations or the benefit checks. I mean, that's just looking just for a write-off. I mean, it's, it's hard to go back and retro those ones. So definitely, I, I would recommend making sure that eligibility benefits and prior authorizations, patient estimates are done prior to the data service. If a, a practice doesn't have the technology in place, 
Is this all mm -hmm. a manual check on behalf of the staff to make sure it is done before the patient comes in? Yep, absolutely. There's no way around it. So if you don't bring in another partner or use tech, some type of technology, then it's up to your staff. And then, you know, like you said, staffing shortages, a lot of these practices have, have high turnover rates. So, you know, they're coming in and out, then you got to retrain, retrain, you know, and then, you know, the knowledge loss too, when you have some of your more uh, legacy um, employees there and they decide to leave or whatever may be the case, but so if you're in this problem where you have short staff and you have the same number of patients or increasing volume of patients because they're beginning to come back now at various degrees across the country, and it's a manual process, how does someone start to untangle the chicken and the egg? Because you're racing, racing, racing to get this done, not enough mm -hmm. help, not enough staff, right? Not enough time to find a solution. What are the steps for, for those who, who are with us today what are some of the very first steps like ABC that they can do to start untangling this at their office? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's to bring in technology. I mean, that's the easiest way. A lot of this stuff can be automated. I know it's not always bringing in a new vendor system or a new partner into your organization, but it does pay off because the more that you're able to automate, it's going to take the lift off of your staff. So, you know, even if it's just getting your eligibility benefits checks, you know, automating your patient pay estimations, I mean, by at least getting some of that stuff done, it takes the heavy lifting off your staff. So it's just kind of here's all the data in front of you and you present it to, to your patient, you know, because you want to over communicate almost in some respects, respects because they want to know exactly what they're being charged for, why, where, you know, maybe they're going to wait two months to get this exam or this test done because they want to meet their deductibles first so that, you know, their co-pays are a little bit lower or their, um, you know, the, the payments are a little bit lower. So there's a lot of things that come into play. You don't want a surprise. No one wants any surprise billing. That doesn't help either. Obviously, offices don't want any bad debt, you know, or aging AR buckets. So the more that you can present this information prior to, which can be automated for the most part, the better off you are. And it's going to help you increase your revenue. Like I said, because if you, you understand what they're going to be expected to pay, there's several opportunities where you can capture that, whether it's, you know, when you're scheduling the appointment, because by then you should already have the eligibility benefits checked anyways, just to make sure that they're within plan and that they're active. And then at the time of, so you can do it at the time of scheduling, at the pre-reg, again, you can try to collect those point of service collections as well. And then at the time of check-in. So you have many opportunities to try and increase that revenue. Tell me again, you know, it goes back to how busy everyone is and and with all due respect to practices, the disconnect because everyone is doing multiple jobs now. What are some mm -hmm. of the red flags that a practice will see that they really need to get the technology because things are really beginning to go south at a faster pace? Right. So obviously angry patients equals money walking out the door. When you get a lot of patient complaints, that's obviously one of the key things. It's it's also you know, resource management, you want to just, I, I can't like enforce this enough because, you know, especially with scheduling, because it's the first point of contact with your providers, you know, with your facility. So you want to make sure you're fully staffed there because if a patient can't get in and make an appointment, they're not going to come back, right? They're just going to say, this is too hard to get a hold of them. No one's responding in time. Or if I leave a voicemail and they say they're going to call me back in two hours, I don't get a voicemail, I'm going to keep calling back. So it's really important that you want to keep making sure your patients are happy. I mean, that's kind of key. So tell me, you know, some of this stuff seems very common sense and, and seems very obvious, right? People need more revenue. 
point of service revenue is a gold mine. Everyone should make sure they're doing it. We can say that all day. But what exactly are some of the barriers to success that you see with the practices that you work with? Barriers are lack of technology and resource management. I mean, pretty much the same things that I've been saying. You want the technology. Like I said, I know sometimes it's not easy to always bring one in. It takes it's a lot, you know, on the front end. It's hard to bring in a new vendor or a new partner. But it will in the long term help things out. I mean, tremendously. I mean, it's you don't have to worry about the people resources so much if you have the technology because the technology will do it for you. Resource management as well, just making sure that you're fully staffed to handle those patient calls to be able, you know, to be able to increase the patient engagement side. You know, the positive, the more positive the patient experience is, it's always going to lead to additional revenue. One, they're more likely to come back and return, you know, for care. And then it's going to obviously, hopefully, increase the patient volume, you know, through word of mouth referrals as well. So those are kind of two things that can help, you know, they, patients want, you know, especially with this day and age, everything's on technology. They want to be able to schedule online. You know, they want to be able to make their payments online. They want to get those text message reminders, you know, or, hey, you need to reschedule, you know, press R and then we'll call you back or, we, you know, you can schedule here. They just want to have more ability to be more hands-on with getting care. So I'm curious, and as director of customer success, can you give us the picture or 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 a profile of a really successful practice these days that, that patients don't walk away from looking for something that's easier, better, more of a customer experience? So, you know, when it comes to scheduling, our most successful clients is it's not necessarily it's it's patient satisfaction. I mean, they're getting an increased volume of calls because, you know, we have a scheduling team as well. We make sure we're staffed for the hours that are promised. You know, we reduce those amount of voicemails coming in because we have people staffed to answer those calls. We work the inbound work queues, the orders coming through. So we're able to see the orders that are coming through, the eligibility has been done, the prior authorization has been done. Now it goes to the scheduling team. So it's basically we work in tandem. And as soon as it hits the scheduling work queue, we're making those outbound calls. So that's kind of been the most successful way. I mean, obviously bringing in some type of technology to help with, you know, automating some of this obviously helps as well. But for the most part, it's just making sure that we provide the best, not only client success, you know, making sure that they're happy, but making sure that our um, the patients are happy too. That's great. Thank you. So we have a couple of questions here. Our office seems to be scared of technology and scared mm -hmm. about the transition to technology. So how do we get beyond that so that we can actually even begin to talk about considering a vendor? So there's always going to be barriers to adoption. It just really depends. You want to get the full buy-in of the staff. You know, sometimes a partner will, or, you know, a client will bring us in and then, or, you know, another vendor in, but they don't inform everyone. You know, you want to be transparent in terms of what's the the goals and what the purpose is, whether it's trying to, you know, having them do the more important tasks, you know, whether it's prior authorizations, eligibility and benefits, those are tedious manual tasks. It's not a fun job, right? Honestly, it's not. It's just very tedious ones, follow-up, paperwork, whatever. But if you're allowed, if you can at least let your staff know, this is the reason why we're bringing in a, a partner. They're more likely to to kind of actually be in agreement with and, and working on the same team, right? You can bring in a, a vendor and then staff could get worried. Like, hey, am I going to lose my job? It's like, no, we're here to help you. <laughs> That's it. You know, it's like, we're here to help you not take your job. We're allowing you guys to focus on more 
higher revenue opportunities and we'll work, you know, we'll work on the prior authorization. So we'll help doing the scheduling, whatever it is. Leads us to the second question. Staff are resistant to change. And the older members of the staff are saying, you know, we've always done it one way and I'm not going to yep. learn technology. I'll just leave. So what yep. do you do? You can't afford to lose good people, especially if they've been there for a while. You have to, you have to show, you have to make them understand that they, we need them, right? We wouldn't be successful without them. So we come in as partners, right? It's important to, that they understand we're here as a partner. We're here to help you. The technology is here to help you to make you more efficient. That, you know, by bringing in technology, it's going to help you bring in additional revenue. It's going to help you and your staff be able to help with the, you know, patient care, to improve patient care, to work on, you know, the things that actually matter versus working on some of these mundane tasks. I mean, that's really what it boils down to is that the technology is there to help. It's not that we're going to do it any differently. I mean, it's, everyone processes prior authorizations the same way. So it's not like we're changing their workflows or anything like that. We're just taking those tasks off their hands. Who doesn't want that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think one thing that we probably need to speak to is what is the transition time like when technology is brought in? I I'm sure it, it's much different than it was 10 years ago when it was this laborious, really painful process. Mm -hmm. Can you speak to that? So it really depends. I mean, like for our technology, depending on what it is, I mean, it could take as little as two weeks to onboard. You know, it's just a matter of gathering some data, building some dashboards, getting you ready, making sure the teams understand how your processes work. Or, you know, if you integrate, it could take four to six weeks. But I mean, for the most part, you should be onboarded, you know, at least working some of the cases or the orders coming through within two to three weeks. The other question we have from our group is, why are practices struggling to adopt technology in these areas? Kind of like what you pointed on before, sometimes it's just resistance from the staff. Sometimes they've had bad experiences with other vendors that didn't work out well. So they're kind of reluctant to try another vendor. So that's usually the barriers. I mean, usually it's, you know, it is. I mean, it takes a, it takes a team to, to get onboarded, you know, efficiently and effectively. So you want full buy-in from your staff before you bring in a new vendor, because otherwise, if they're blindsided, they usually they're resentful about it. So, is there any such thing as a practice that doesn't have the infrastructure they need in order to adopt the technology? No, no. Any practice can adopt some of the technology. I mean, even for us, we have really small clients and we have huge clients. I mean, it's it varies. We can take a one provider practice or two provider practice up to, you know, hundreds. So there's really no barriers. I mean, uh, you could use solutions like Infinix's prior authorization software. I mean, you don't need any technology, really. You just need access to a, a web page. You know, it's, everything's in the cloud. So there's really no barriers at all. I think that's a really great detail to know. I mean, I always think about when I worked at a hospital in New England, and they were a laboratory for electronic medical records. And some of the physician offices didn't have three-pronged plugs in their office, if you can believe it. So they actually couldn't even plug in what they needed. So, so is there anything that we haven't, I know this is a, a huge subject, but is there any, are, are there any very, very important points that we haven't discussed today for the people who are here with us? I don't think so. I think we covered everything, you know, touching on the main points. I mean, I think a, a tech-enabled solution is probably your best bet, at least for the eligibility and benefits, prior authorization, scheduling. I think it's important to offer several solutions, you know, whether you can have it, you have a centralized call center, whether you 
you know, outsource your scheduling team just to make sure that you're staffed. I mean, if you only have one scheduler, you kind of get yourself in a bind and that's when you build those backlogs. So you just want to make sure you're fully staffed. You know, you have friendly schedulers that always helps just making it pretty easy, as easy as possible for these, for these patients to come in. I mean, everyone is impatient these days and no one has enough time. So make it as seamless as possible. And that really goes to your point that that's what technology can do. If it takes the weight off the staff doing other things, then they can become the schedulers. Because if you can't find staff, new staff, then you have to maximize what you have. Exactly. You just want to increase those patient satisfaction scores. You want to keep them happy. You want them to keep coming back. You want them to do those referrals. That's how you're going to increase your revenue. Great. Well, thank you very much for your time today. We really appreciate it. These have been some important insights on how to get more revenue during the patient scheduling process, which is essential. So thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Thank you everyone for being with us today. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe to get notified when our next episode is online. For more information for how we can help you increase reimbursements at your company, check out our website at infinix.com. That's I-N-F-I-N-X dot com.